The following program is brought to you by The Business Clinic. Welcome. It's a wonderful Friday afternoon, and you are listening to Abundance Abundance Now Now. with Maria M. Lopez. Maria is a certified public accountant, financial advisor, and public speaker. She specializes in advising her clients in their personal business and finances so that they can achieve the financial lifestyle of their dreams. Her mission is to empower others by providing them with the financial tools and education necessary for them to create their own finances. Here is your host, Maria M. Lopez. Good afternoon, Sapphira. Welcome. I am your host, Maria M. Lopez. Have you ever heard someone say, money does not grow on trees? Or have you ever told someone, it takes money to make money? I know I have heard these money phrases that basically tell a story about how we view money and finances. These phrases are commonly used, and they are, of course, figuratively speaking, I mean, we all know that physically money does not grow on trees. It is leaves that grow on trees. But what do we mean when we say money does not grow on trees? To help us explore these money-limiting beliefs or money phrases, I have invited Maria Gabriela Jovel, business owner and entrepreneur from South Florida. Maria Gabriela is a business and marketing consultant to Fortune 500 companies. She's a published author, speaker, recorder artist, songwriter, and former beauty queen. Maria Gabriela is a wife, mother, and entrepreneur with a calling to inspire women and their families to pursue big dreams and to create sustainable happiness and abundance in the world. Maria Gabriela works with her clients in designing their marketing campaign with a strategy. And thus, Maria Gabriela understands the use of language in marketing and packaging a product or service. This is why I invited Maria Gabriela to join us today to explore these money-limiting beliefs because they affect our businesses and our personal lives. Welcome, Maria Gabriela. Thank you, Maria, for having me. It's an honor and a pleasure to be part of, of this movement of financial abundance that you're creating. Thank you so much. Thank you, Maria Gabriela. Maria Gabriela, there are many commonly used phrases that receive our attention and also the attention in business publications, such as USA Today, Forbes Magazine, and other various publications. Some of these commonly used phrases about money and finances are, for example, it takes money to make money. Another one is, one that I commonly used to to hear a lot is, money is the root of all evil. Or for example, money can buy you happiness. Maria Gabriela, have you heard some of these phrases before and what is your memory as you look back in the time when you first heard these money phrases in your childhood, for example? Oh yes, I'm familiar with many of them, and um, and I find it interesting how these phrases, or at least similar ones, are common to many countries and many different cultures. Like in my case, I grew up in El Salvador, and many of these phrases were commonly used as well. And and I think many of them are part of our scarcity culture. So I did, um, in growing up in El Salvador, heard many of these phrases, and, and, and they were part of my life, and they became, at some point, part, part of my mindset as well. Well, that's an interesting topic, Maria Gabriela, because we're saying that some of these money phrases also depend or are born based on culture. That's interesting. We should discuss that at another point later on. Uh, let me ask you this, Maria Gabriela. What do we mean when we say, for example, money is the root of all evil? I think um, many people have the misconception that money is bad and that money can change people for the worse. 
for example, you hear stories of friends that go into a partnership that ends up badly because of money matters, or families that get into horrible fights when there's an inheritance to be shared. Um, and that's where you hear that money is bad, or the money was the cause of this or that other problem, or that money is the root of all evil. But the truth is, money is neutral. Money is not good or bad. It's neutral. It is our attitude towards money what can make it, quote unquote, bad or evil. The way we think of money, um, the way we act around money as well. Got it. And that's a beautiful example, Maria Gabriela, because what we're saying is that if when I was a child, my father had a business and he has business partners. And probably if he had uh, encountered problems, business problems, associated with you know with money and finances and the business we're saying that i can learn a lesson from that experience to say that uh money is the root of all evil or my association with money may not be a positive one but rather a negative one right right and the truth is it's it's not necessarily money's fault is it's just that <laughs> um decided to or make Really, their money mindset would cause the problem and not money itself. Got it. So let me ask you this, Maria Gabriela, going further on this. What is it or what happens when we're constantly saying to ourselves or saying to others, for example, money does not grow on trees? I mean, specifically, what happens to our emotions and to our mindset when we're saying those words? Well, it's, it's part of the scarcity mindset that prevails in some countries or cultures, as we were saying before. Um, so when we say that money does not grow on trees, as you said at the beginning, we're basically comparing money with leaves, right? Mm-hmm. And are leaves abundant? Yes, they are. Yes, they are. I have my backyard full of them thanks to my neighbor's trees. <laughs> I'm not very happy with that. <laughs> But they are very abundant. Um, are leaves common? Many leaves. of them are. Yes. Do we have to work a lot to make them grow? It's nature. Not at all. Yeah. Not at all. It's just nature. So we're basically saying that money is a limited resource, unlike leaves, and that it takes work to have it. So it is a limiting belief. It's something that's making us think that money is out of our reach or it's out of our reach in abundant um, quantities, right? It's, it's limited. Got it. So if we truly we believe, for example, that money can't buy you happiness, let me repeat that, money cannot buy you happiness, what is then my most probable relationship towards money as a result of holding this belief? Again, money is a tool. It certainly can't buy you happiness, but I'm sure you'll agree that it can buy you many things uh, and many that feel like happiness. It is really your attitude toward, towards money that can help you be happier or even undermine your happiness. Um, there, there's, um, there's a 40-year study conducted by Harvard in, on people's happiness, and one of the main findings in this study is that our happiness is directly proportional to the quality of the relationships in our life. I'll say it, I'll say it again. Our happiness is directly proportional to the quality of the relationships in our life. That's what makes a difference 
that's what made the difference on the people of uh, on these 40, um, well, it was around 200 people that they followed throughout 40 years. And those who had the most meaningful relationships were still the happier. So can your attitude or mindset towards money affect your relationships in a positive or negative way? Definitely, yes. We know, for example, that the number one cause for divorce between couples is finances. Got it. So having a positive attitude towards money can benefit us greatly, even in our relationships and, of course, in our, in our overall happiness. Got it. But it's, it's the mindset. It's not the money itself. Got it. Yeah, like you said, you were say, sharing with us earlier, money is neutral. So I find uh, we, 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 most of us, or some of us, or all of us, have heard about Tony Robbins, and other, and there are many other motivational speakers and coaches out there, and they often tell us, tell the American public through social media and educational seminars, that we need to watch our language. In other words, it is through language that things tend to exist in our minds. Let me explain. If I say it is hard or it is difficult for me to lose weight, the chances of me joining a gym, hiring a fitness coach, and taking daily action to exercise and to watch my diet are very little because I have already pre-designed my mindset and my relationship with exercise in a way that it does not create results. So Maria Gabriela, what I find is that language that, that, language that we use creates emotions. And these emotions can either empower us or prevent us in achieving a certain goal. What is your view of the connection between language and emotions? Definitely, I agree. There's a, a, a direct connection. It's like when you say, for example, I'm tired, and you start complaining, oh, I feel so tired, I feel tired. Of course you're not going to get out of that state of feeling tired. But if you say, um, I'm energetic, and even the tone of the voice changes. So what we say to ourselves is what we believe is the truth. So it conditions everything else, not only our emotions, but ultimately our actions. So that, that's why sometimes um, as part of these programs, you mentioned Tony Robbins, it's, it's part of the process to repeat things to yourself, even when you don't truly believe them at that point. Because by repeating and repeating them, you're going to start to help your mind to believe their truth. And then you're going to connect with your emotions and move yourself into action. Got it. Wonderful. We're going to take a quick break. And then when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more about the, uh, these limiting beliefs and how we can empower ourselves to change them, to go from uh, having a negative perspective to actually create something new that creates financial abundance. Strikes every time she moves And everybody's watching her But she's looking at you is expanding and growing. I just wish there was some way to streamline its accounting functions, give me data to forecast my sales, and advise me on how to manage this growth. I heard my friend's 30-minute session with Gallon Accountants helped her get through most of her issues. I'm not surprised. I am Maria M. Lopez, Principal at Gallon Accountants and Advisors. And through our dedication to serving our clients and our mastery of the accounting discipline, we can help get your business back in the green. We're conveniently located in South Miami, and we work with our clients 
clients in South Florida and also with clients throughout the country. Call us today to schedule your 30 minutes complimentary consultation. Contact us at 1-800-793-9721. Again, that is 1-800-793-9721. All right, so we're back now with Abundance Now with Maria Lopez. And our guest today is Maria Gabriela Jovel. And we're talking about those limiting beliefs about money that we hold or that we have created from uh, conversations or experiences in life. What I find that if my goal is to create financial abundance, for example, and I keep telling others and myself that more money creates more problems, what is the likelihood of me in creating additional sources of income, for example? I mean, let's just start to break it th- down further and get a specifics. Another question that I have in my mind, Maria Gabriela, is how could I possibly create an investment account or manage it proactively so that its value and, and balance grows if I hold these money-limiting beliefs? Let me take another money phrase, for example, Maria Gabriela. Another day, another dollar. What do we think this phrase means? I mean, what what are we trying to say here? So, um, as I understand it, and this is not one of the phrases that I grew up with. Um, I mentioned I grew up in El Salvador, but um, in, in, in living in the States for the past 12 years, I realized that many of us at some point of our lives are trading time for money. And, and we believe that the more hours we work, the more money we'll be able to make. And that's what takes us to this rat race that's mm-hmm. never ending. Um, but then when we start to learn a little bit more of how money works and how the wealth cycles work, we understand that it's not necessarily a relationship between the amount of hours on the day that we put into work, um, what's going to give us growth and wealth. There's other ways, definitely. So, Maria Gabriela, does this mean that I have a choice in the way I see money, in my relationship towards money? Oh, yes, definitely, definitely. I think it's completely up to each one of us to decide what kind of relationship we want to have with money. Um, Is is it going to be a positive one, or is it going to be one that um, make us suffer, be stressed, right? Got it. And, and, And... so let me ask you this also. I believe that it would all start with awareness, right? I mean, I as an individual, Maria, has to become aware of what is my relationship with money. And uh, this uh, this is a moment in time in my life that it could happen when I'm a child, as a teenager, as a business owner, as a wife, at any point in, in, in my time frame, right, through my timeline. Maria Gabriela, what is, for example, an exercise that you can share with us that we can do to identify what our relationship with money is? So um, it's just a matter of paying attention to our thoughts and words, as we were saying before. But we can do a very simple exercise. If possible, get a pen and paper. If you're driving, don't. Just think (laughs) about the answers. (laughs) I'm going to ask you two very simple questions, and you're going to fill in the blanks with the first thing that comes to your mind. So the, the key to doing this exercise is not overthinking the answer. It's just writing down or identifying that first thing that comes into your mind when I ask those questions. Okay, so ready, Maria? I am ready. Okay, so the first question is, money is 
blank. What is your answer? Uh, my answer, Maria Gabriela, is something that I always say often: awesome. I believe that money is awesome <laughs> because it gives me it gives me access to do many things for myself, for my family, for my loved ones, and for my community. That's how I see it. Awesome, and that's why you're teaching us all these things. But many of us, at some point in our lives, we might have filled that blank with something that's not positive, right? Like money is limited. Money is bad. Money is evil, and so on and so forth. Um, I've chosen to pick the words freedom. Money is freedom, and money is abundant. Um, but I like yours. I think I'm going to adopt money is awesome. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> yeah, why don't we dress it up? <laughs> <laughs> okay, second question. Money means blank to me. Okay, got what it. Is your answer? Money means opportunity to me, Maria Gabriela. Awesome, awesome. And same, same case. Uh, it, it's a very simple way of... And, and the key is, again, to be honest, of course we want to get to the point where Maria is, where she thinks that money is awesome and that money means opportunities, but if we're honest and we identify what is money for us right now, then we're able to move forward and transform that perception or those limiting beliefs. Um, money means peace of mind. Got it. So if money means peace of mind, okay, wonderful. In your opinion, Maria Gabriela, what is the first step then? What, what are some of the steps? Because I'm sure there's something that we can share with our audience in terms of the steps in changing this money talk. How can we do that? Yes. And, and this is something that I had to work in myself because living for so long in one of the poorest, most violent countries in the world um, definitely made me grow up with a limiting mindset about money. So when I started learning about wealth building and, and learning about all these concepts, I, I, I realized that I needed to change my mindset about money. So I have a five-step process, and the first step is, I call it unveil. Unveil means remove a veil or covering from something. Uncover, discover, identify. It has to do with awareness, as you said. So the first step is identify what your limiting beliefs are. And if any, if you have any, take away their power by giving them a name. It's difficult to fight something that we don't know, that is unknown. So we need to bring them to our awareness and give them a name and, and see them to the eye, right? So we can start transforming those limited, limiting beliefs. So for example, going to the money phrases, pay attention to which of these phrases, I'm going to say five phrases very quickly, which of these phrases um, make you feel something or, or you have felt this way at certain moments about money in your life. The first one, money is bad or money is the root of all evil. We discussed it previously. Mm -hmm. Second phrase, money is limited or money is a limited resource. The third phrase, money is not that important. If, if you've ever felt it, you've ever said money is not important, check that one as well. Number four, I can be either rich or happy, or I can be either rich or healthy. So if we felt that 
getting rich or being rich competes with something else that's important in your life. Check that one. And the fifth one, I'm just not good with money. I've heard that so much, so much. I'm, I'm just not good with money. It's like we give up. Got it, yeah. I can see so, that. So once we, we identify them, uh, the second step is acknowledge them. Now that we have unveiled them, we want to acknowledge that we have those limiting beliefs and forgive ourselves for having them, right? Maybe past circumstances have rooted these beliefs in, in you, so it's important to acknowledge them as part of your past. And as Elsa in business says, let them go. You don't need them anymore. You acknowledge them and say goodbye to those limiting beliefs. Got it, because we have to become aware ourselves and take uh, ownership and realize that some of these beliefs are not helping us, but rather are preventing us, are holding us back. Maria Gabriela, I know you're very familiar with Napoleon Hill and his work in the 1930s and 40s. Napoleon Hill discusses that it's a must to have a burning desire in achieving something that we want. This is discussed in one of the chapters in his book, Think and Grow Rich. Does it require, Maria Gabriela, that we hold the burning desire in order to achieve something? In this case, we're talking about financial abundance, and this can be applicable to any aspect of life. Is this burning desire what drives us or motivates us? What do you think? What are your thoughts? Definitely. I, I do agree that when you want something with all your heart and feel this burning desire inside of you, it becomes a driving force to achieve your goal. And, and relating this to money, I think the burning desire will come not from money itself, but from the why. Asking yourself, why do I want money? Mm. Why do I want to be financially free or financially abundant? And after you answer that question, ask the question again, why do I want what I just answered? Like, for example, why do I want money? Well, I wanted to support my family or some of you can say to go in a trip or to take a, take a sabbatical because I want to rest. Mm -hmm. Okay, so why do you want to support your family or go in a trip or take a sabbatical? And then after that, ask why. Why is this important to you? Why? And keep going with the why question at least for five or ten times right. until you get to that burning desire. Beautiful. Yeah, the way I see it, Maria Gabriela, and many of us see it that way, is basically money is a vehicle because it can create and give us access to many things for our families, for our loved ones. I mean, it is what creates hospitals. It's what transports uh, food and shelter, provides uh, everything for uh, the supplies that we that we depend on and that we create. I mean, even technology today. What can we offer, Maria Gabriela, our listeners today as the steps to take in changing any money limiting beliefs? Any last words you want to share with our listeners today? Yes, and I'll try to be quick. So we discussed the first two, unveil, that has to do with awareness and acknowledge, that has to do with forgiveness. The third step is, is replace, and this has to do with transformation. Replace those limiting beliefs for abundance, for empowering beliefs. Quick example, money is bad. Replace it with money is neutral, or money is a resource that can be used to be good. Or my personal is, the more you have, the more money you have, the more you can give. Um, mm. Instead of money is limited, money is awesome, as you said, or money is abundant. Instead of money is not that important, money is important in my life. That's okay. Um, I can be abundant and be happy. Uh, and for the one that I'm not, I'm not good with money, I learn about money every day. So it's not about 
fighting the limiting beliefs. It's about replacing them. And that's step three. And the last two is repeat. This has to do with discipline. It's repeat, repeat, and repeat your new empowering belief all day. While you're jogging, while you're washing the dishes, while you're making your bed, while you're driving, keeping your eyes on the road, of course, before you go to bed. Repeat it, repeat it. Fake it until you make it. The more you repeat it over and over in your mind, the quicker you will overwrite the limiting belief. And last but not least, if you allow me, the, the last step is believe. Mm-hmm. And this has to do with the F word. And the F word is faith. I know sometimes when judging from our reality, it's difficult to envision that a change or a better situation is possible. But consider believing on the possibility. Practice the F word. Faith. Faith. Believe in yourself. Believe in a greater power. However you choose to call it, energy, the universe, God, just believe. I love that, Maria Gabriela. I would also like to recommend that there are many resources available to such as, for example, uh, in a day-to-day daily activities, we can create an investment or a finance club. We can work closely with our accountants and financial advisors who can coach us uh, through this process, meet with our bankers or investment managers on a periodical basis, uh, attend financial planning seminars, for example, or read about books and magazines that talk about mindset, money, and specifically one that I find, but I find myself very helpful is reading about real-life stories of people who have excelled at increasing their financial wealth and learning about how abundantly they share it with others. Maria Gabriela, I want to thank you today for having joined us. I appreciate your recommendations and your suggestions on how we can change this money talk. Thank you, Maria. My honor and my pleasure. I will also like to take this opportunity to say hello to someone very special, my niece and my friend, Mariana Victoria. Mariana, who is listening to us this afternoon from her home in South Florida, she is nine years old and she's already saving her money in a piggy bank. Mariana likes to dance and sing and she's a loyal listener of our radio station. I send her a big hug and kiss this afternoon. To our listeners, we have a choice. We have a choice to empower ourselves by seeking advice, by doing research, by taking daily action, by planning the future, and by executing on those goals. The power is within us. Please direct any comments or questions for me or Maria Gabriela to the toll-free number 1-800-793-9721. Again, that is 1-800-793-9721. Have a wonderful evening, and I will speak with you soon. 